Hey everybody, this is Paul the Book Guy. And this is Sir Jimmy. And Sir Jimmy, uh, we, 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 in this episode, we talk about some magic tricks. I just want to tell everybody, do not try this at home. No, the book guys <laughs> cannot be held responsible for any of the hijinks which you are going to find yourself attempting after listening to this show. That's right. Leave it to the professionals. Don't the do it. The following episode of The Book Guys is rated explicit for content and may contain lots and lots of violence. <laughs> The Book Guys Show is brought to you by Audible. Go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free book just for signing up for a free trial. This is The Book Guys Show, episode 42. It's magic. My name is Paul Elvey, sometimes known as... Paul the Book Guy. And I am joined by... Sir Jimmy. How you doing, Sir Jimmy? I'm doing great. We got another special guest here tonight. That's right. We like, got Nobot. That's right, my son. <laughs> the Nobot is back. How you doing, we're Nobot? Gonna, we're going to try out a, a couple little things here with him tonight, I think, live. Yeah, we're doing it all magic this time because, uh, you know, we did record yesterday, but we had a little bit of an issue. And I think I lost some of the Nobot echo. Hang on. So, yeah, we did uh, do our interview with uh, Brian Brushwood. We had some Skype issues. Screw you, Microsoft Skype. Yes. Uh, yeah, we had some issues. But we do have the interview with uh, Brian Brushwood coming up later in the show, and it's all about magic, of course. And uh, we're going to keep it magic-themed. So uh, recently I checked out Pottermore.com because I don't want to be a negative, you know, a negative dude without actually checking things out. And you know I've been a little bit negative on Pottermore. Uh, I did check it out on the weekend. Uh, I have my uh, opinion on it. But I did think, you know, maybe... Maybe for a younger lad, it'd be a lot of fun. So we're going to see what Nobot... Hang on, sorry. What Nobot... We're going to see what he thinks about it. We're going to do a live uh, test of Pottermore. What that do you sounds think? fun. It'll be yep. fun. Nobody up for it? Yep. All right. So we're going to dive right in to do that. And then later on in the show, uh, we'll be talking to Brian Brushwood. And my apologies to Jacob and, and Phil who are going to be on the show. They'll be com- coming on soon. They're the authors of You're Not As Crazy As I Thought You Were, but they will be on uh, another episode soon. So, Nobot, are you ready with... You're hanging on here. You're with me? Yeah, I am, Paul. Okay, we're going to do... W, go to your browser. Now, remember, this is supposed to be... I know you haven't really read it much of the Harry Potter series, but I believe you've seen a couple of the movies. Yes, I have. So we're uh, going to go to Pottermore.com. So they, they, uh, they advertise this as... Dive into the world of Harry Potter. So in the world of, you know, 3D video games and all this, I was thinking, hey, I'm going to get to go down Harry Potter's street and, you know, tour around his school. This could be cool. You know, and I've read all. Oh, can you hear the fireworks? (laughs) (laughs) Happy Victoria Day. Yeah, it is Victoria Day in Canada, or as we call it, the May 2-4 weekend. Oh, boom. Wow. 
<laughs> my Windows hey, action. You wow, can't, you can't buy a sound effects like that. I think they're trying to set the Starship Enterprise Studio on fire. <laughs> you can buy it off my teacher. She makes that sound at us. She does. <laughs> so we're going to start off. Let's go to Pottermore.com. We'll do it together. Now, once you get there, okay, let's do this together. You see in the middle there, it says, are you magical? Oh, no, no. I don't see anything yet. Okay. Well, hang it on. Loading. Loading. <laughs> Actually, I don't know what's going on here. That's, uh, well, for, first, it's Microsoft Skype, and uh, now it's Microsoft Windows. P-O-T-T-E-R-M-O-R-E.com. Two laptops here. We're going to fire up the other one. There you go. Fire the other one up. It's bu- 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 so, so, again, I don't want to poo-poo Pottermore. Uh, you know, I am 39 years old, uh, no bot. So there might you be... Sound cer- younger. Yeah. But, the, you know, the, there's certain things that, you know, I might look at and go, man, it's boring. But you might look at and go, that's awesome and vice versa, right? We've got it up. Like, I watch C-SPAN. I'm sure you wouldn't watch C-SPAN. So, so you got it up. So, you know, right in the middle, there's a little thing, sign up, right? Little blue button. I like the font. Yeah, it's cute. Okay, so far it looks cool. So sign up. All right, it's going to ask you for your when you were born. All right. First of all, I'm ready. Always mm. fake. Always fake. That's right. Always, always fake. fake. Always fake. That's right. So when a hacker hacks Pottermore, they don't you know sign out uh, sign a nobot up for credit cards. Put a fake one in a select your country. I think country might have to be real or won't work. Then it asks you your yeah, first name. Yeah, because it knows where you are. That's right. Now, uh, what's your first name? Okay, I'm putting my real name in, Paul, last name, A-L-V-E-S, mail. What's your email address? I'm going to use uh, newsroom at me.com or other web, other show. Uh, would you like junk mail? No, no. Just select no. Well, it's nice that J.K. Rowling pre-selects no, and the fireworks are getting closer. <laughs> now, you got to enter your password. Okay, I'm going to enter in my secure password. I've got to get by the... Uh the no agenda BS filter here, which changes the names of everything. Oh, sorry. Does it say get monation like uh, ma- yes. maple syrup? <laughs> so then, you know, there's another step here. Once you guys get to it, step five says, please tell us which Harry Potter books you have read and which films you have watched. So right away, I select all on both of them because I don't want her to be selling me books and films while I'm experiencing this. So Yeah, already got it. Don't need it. Yeah, exactly. Sorcerer's so, Stone. I don't want extra pop-ups that say, "Hey, you haven't uh, watched the Deathly the Deathly Hallows Part Two. Would you like to buy it now?" So I pick that one. And then once you get past that, let me know, and you're going to come to another exciting screen. <laughs> no, but are you excited yet? Oh no, the other computer just jammed up. I guess it's because I'm running Skype, but this I've got it up on the other laptop here. Yeah, that's this fine. Is, this is tantalizing. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't mean the internet connection uh, problems. I'm just saying, uh, uh, how exciting is this so far for your young lad there? What so do you think? Amazing me picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's a picture. Yeah. So far, nothing really dynamic or exciting. Certainly, no World of Warcraft at this point. Oh, Minecraft is what. Oh yeah, he's big into Minecraft now. Well, that's a 3D world as well, where you build things out of little tiny pixels. That's kind of yep. neat. So 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 far, how is uh, Pottermore, uh, you know, shaping up compared to Minecraft? <laughs> <laughs> to make her feel good, very well. <laughs> very well, just to make Jake. He doesn't want to good. disappoint. Uh, okay. The billionaire Rowling. Well, wait till you get to the next screen and gets really exciting. Does it have a picture of the beach? All right, enter a password. Oh goodness. What's mine always? <laughs> so 
Yeah, it's so exciting. We have a standard you can password. Enter it says password. it's weak. <laughs> so far, it's magical, my friends at home. Constant oh. readers, you can follow along with us. You know, you have time. Pause the podcast. Join us. Pottermore.com. You know, rewind the podcast. Join along with us. Oh, we've seen all of these. Oh, the, 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 oh. Why didn't you just hit all? Yeah, go to the bottom. There's a check all button. Oh, no, no bot saw that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't the first time Old I tried this. Old man eyes, I'm sorry. Back when I was a kid, we didn't have all buttons. We had to punch them all one at a time. So, folks, I've, I've done this before, but, um, you know, I haven't really un- left those things unchecked. I just figure that it's an automated website, and if I don't check that I've read and seen it all, they're going to send me advertisements. Oh, wow. It says, congratulations, he's magical. That's right. So now you get a picture of a book. You are magical. Ooh. So your your name is now listed along with Harry Potter, Ronald Weasley, Cho Chang, Hermione Granger. Okay, cool. So click the continue button. Oh, I was getting excited. Oh. Pick a username. So you're not allowed to pick your own username. That's kind of a drag. What do you think, Nobot? Well, you have to pick one. Which one of these looks the best to you? Firebolt Wave? Hmm? I'm, I'm picking one that's kind of questionable. Ash Seeker 31598. And then they've got a CAPTCHA, which I always feel like an idiot looking at. <laughs> I hate CAPTCHAs. Not only – okay, now my, my choices here on my screen, my username can be PotionWild19553, SickleHollow818780, MahoganyHeart30767, AshSeeker31598, and GallionGold18395. I am never going to remember my username ever. Write it down. <laughs> yeah, you That's really have I to write it down. Yeah. Potion Midnight, River Elm, Firebolt Wave, Galleon Howl, yeah. and they're all followed by a bunch of numbers. You should go with the first one. Go with the first one. No, no, one. we should go with four. Right. So hang on, what, what's your username there? Uh, and we have, of course, read the terms and conditions in the privacy agreement. Uh, of course. Uh, I, got the, I got the stupid thing wrong. The CAPTCHA. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So uh, now it's going to send a validation email. Yeah. Now, uh, nobody, are you having fun so far? With you guys, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, but not everyone using Pottermore is going to be on a podcast live. <laughs> so my my username is PotionWild19553. <sighs> now I got to check mm. my. Well, I sent the uh, the email to my wife's work email address. So that's going to be an issue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I signed her up for all the crap. At least I got fireworks outside my door, so it's a little bit more exciting for me. So should we pause the podcast so you can get the... uh... Yeah, let's pause the podcast. All right. Okay, so you've got the email, and uh, you got to click on the following link. All right, let's do that. All right, welcome to Pottermore, Potion Wild 19553. Type in your password. Okay, now we're going to have some fun. You guys with me? You want uh, Harry type Potter's street Type in the password. There? Yeah, type in the password. Sign into Pottermore. Oh, yeah. Uh, welcome to Pottermore. Yes. Um, this is kind of lame. Oh, hang on. This thing says find your friends. Um, <gasps> well, how do I find Nobot? <laughs> what is he like? Weasley Wick 17966. <laughs> He's a Firebolt Wave. Firebolt Wave? Yep. Any number at the end? One, seven, two, five, six. Yeah. So we will find friend. Friend found. All right. I can, oh, we'll go back and enter a nickname for him. I'm going to put Nobot. 
That is a friend. All right. So now, where do you guys want to start? Uh, I don't know. You know what? Dad, step away. No, but where do you want to start? Okay. This I'm amazing adventure of Pottermore. What looks better for you? And remember, the fireworks are not from Pottermore. That's here near my house. So we have explore, discover, experience, and join in. What about experience? Experience? All right. Let's go experience. Um, How do you hit it? Oh, wait. You can't click on that. Oh, that would make sense, wouldn't it? If that was an icon. Oh, it's not an icon. All right. Oh, hmm. all right. So let's go down to the bottom, buddy. There's a button, explore Pottermore at the bottom. I thought that was an icon too. <laughs> this is bad user interface. <laughs> so let's go to the bottom of the screen, explore Pottermore instead. Oh, there we go. Oh, now it's getting exciting. It says the magical gateway. The gateway is your homepage and shows where you are in the experience. You can return here at any time using the Pottermore logo at the top of the page. Click on chapter one to begin. All right. Where's chapter one, buddy? Isn't it the Harry Potter? Where's the chapter one? You gotta help me out here, buddy. It said click click on chapter one to begin. Where's chapter one? It is the seed thingamabobber. Okay, the Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yep. Alright, let's click on there. Let's let's oh chapter one. Yes, it is chapter one. So explore chapter one. Let's do it. Boom. Boom! Yes, we're inside Potter. Well, what's this? Chapter picture one. of a cat. It shows you a cool picture you want to see, and then it covers it up with a bunch of crap you don't want to see yet. <laughs> Okay, so, uh, you know what, nobody, you tell me where you're going and I'll follow you. What are you clicking on now? Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> explore chapter one. Okay, let's do it. Explore chapter one. All right, now we're back to that cool picture. Oh, another thing covered it. The story begins. Each chapter is brought to life through a series of key moments for you to explore. Bring, reading the books at the same time will make this experience even more rewarding. You know, I gotta say, guys, if you have to read a book while browsing the website to make it more exciting, <laughs> you have issues. It's like, uh, <laughs> it's not really throwing a lot of fun at you. I don't know what. I find it more schoolish. More schoolish. Oh, that's a, oh, <laughs> there you go. That is, that's a, that's a focus group right there. Here's your focus group uh, comment. It's very schoolish. Explore each moment. There's a lot to discover in Pottermore. Many moments have more than one layer to explore. Use your arrow buttons to zoom in and out and search for hidden items to collect. Okay. Pottermore contains extensive new material from J.K. Rowling, which is not available anywhere else. Look out for the quill on the hanging sign to read this exclusive content. Read the hanging signs to learn more about characters and events. Keep checking... Oh, my God. How do you close this? Okay, blue X... All right, uh, now go back to... We're back at the picture, which apparently... I was surprised. This is it. You're looking at it. So it's not a 3D world. You can't go through it, but... Uh, what are you clicking on there, Nobot? Um, private drive. Okay, what happens when you click there? Ooh. Oh, more pop-ups. You want to read that for us, Nobot? Yeah. Nothing magical happens. <laughs> Nobody, you just picked our show title. <laughs> so, you click on stuff, and <laughs> as you said, nobody, nothing magical happens. It's like it takes you right back. And, and if, you click out, if you click out of that pop-up, I'm clicking on everything. Nothing's happening. It's making what noise. That? Click on something else. Is there anything else clickable? Oh, there's that. I'll try that. It's like a shield at the top you can pick. 
Oh, yeah. What comes out of there? Oh, oh that takes us to another it's weird like screen. the social networking part or something. Add friends. You don't have a wand yet. You'll have to. You'll have a chance to get one later in the story. What story? <laughs> yeah, there's a story in, in this website. You have to find it. You gotta find it, buddy. That doesn't help. How <laughs> don't I go back and look at the back on the page? Okay, okay, you know what? Let's see. There. Everything up there has locks on it. Cat's ear. Yeah, anything that might, you know, quite conceivably be entertaining is locked <laughs> off. <laughs> It's kind of junks in that trunk. All right, you know what, Nobody, We're gonna <laughs> leave it. At, we're gonna leave it at that. And uh, why don't you report back to us if you found anything man- magical at Pottermore.com? I know. Um, I know. It's 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 getting close to Nobot's bedtime. Yep. If you, if you had to give it a grade, like it was in school, what kind of grade would you give this website? Now we're an F because it actually has pictures. Okay. A D. D is passing. Yeah, a D. A D. Yes. Fairly passive. <laughs> well, Nobot, you know what? Ooh, the, the fireworks make it more exciting. But uh, Nobot, give, give, try to give it another shot tomorrow when you, know, when you have time. Give it another 5, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, and let us know what you think. It's free to use. It doesn't Nobot cut. will be back on the show this coming Sunday to... Uh, to give us your, your full report, because, you know, I, uh, I don't want to put you know, ideas in your head, but <laughs> there's nothing magical is, is the quote of the day. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nobot. Appreciate you uh, showing up here. Bell, clap, 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 bell. Oh, yes, yes everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the crowd goes wild. All right, buddy. Off to bed. See you, buddy. All righty. All righty, then. How you doing, Mr. Sir Jimmy? Oh, I got my I got my good headphones back, and I got the good chair back. And when there he comes go. up here, he gets the king treatment. Yeah. So why don't we... Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit quickly about... Fantasy. Ooh, I just finished uh, on Audible The Wind Through the Keyhole by Stephen King. Uh, when I, I, you know Stephen King. I forgot to mention to, to Brian Brushwood when we did the interview yesterday about, uh, about that, because I know he's a big fan of The Dark Tower as well. Uh, but yeah, it's a story within a story within the story of The Dark Tower, and I'll talk about it next week. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, actually, right at the beginning, uh, one of the things I enjoy about Audible, and you can go to audibletrial.com slash bookguys to get a free book and a free 30-day trial. Uh, one of the things I enjoy is the, the readers. The readers are amazing. They're like actors, and some of them are actors. Well, most of them are actors, right? Like uh, Scott Brick said on the show, on our show, you know, uh, acting is storytelling. So it's, uh, it makes sense that a storyteller would want to also narrate some audiobooks. Uh, but Stephen King sure. reads this one. <laughs> And, you know, you ever heard Steve King? <laughs> He's got that funny voice, right? But and then uh, I didn't. <laughs> you know, the, the the Dark Tower series has been so well narrated uh, with different voices. And yeah. uh, the, the two two uh, narr- main narrators who've done the whole series, they've done all the voices so fantastically from, from Roland the Gunslinger, you know, the dark, deep voice for him and, you know, the high-pitched New York accent for... Uh, you know, others and, you know, all the way down to the, the Billy Bumpler, oi, all these different voices. And then when Stephen King started narrating it in the first chapter, I was like, oh no, that's going to take away from the story. But as with any other, you know, author reading their own work, uh, kind of grows on you. And he eventually does do a couple of voices and whatnot. And it turns out that most of the story is told from the perspective of a squeaky voiced kid anyway. So <laughs> it actually works well. Yeah, normally... 
you'd like to hear uh, whoever wrote the book. You'd like to hear the author yeah. actually doing it. You feel like you that they're going to give you the best experience, but in most cases, it's not really. Yeah, but, you know, it's just the, that whole Stephen King doing the Clint Eastwood guy. You know, the 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 gunslinger. You know, there will be water if God wills it. Didn't quite work out, but it turns out that most of the story is not told from his perspective anyway. So kind of cool. Enjoyed it. Very magical. Ooh, magical. <laughs> Keeping on the the whole magic. At least somebody's thing. hitting the magic. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly not J.K. Rowling. But you know who is hitting the magic? Our friend uh, Brian Brushwood. And uh, you know we're going to go to a break, but uh, uh, Brian Brushwood, w- what a class act! Was he not just a, a, a just a gentleman? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Very enthusiastic. He's. He, I got to say, he's. Uh, He's very energetic. Yeah, what a and just even before the show, uh, before we uh, actually started recording the show proper, uh, Greg's daughter, Greg, Greg the book guy Ott, Greg Ott, his daughter Rebecca asked uh, Brian a question, and I asked his permission to to play this because normally we, uh, you know, what happens before the show stays before the show, right? But uh, I got a little clip here from uh, Rebecca asking a question. Brian, can I have just two seconds of your time? I have a very big fan of yours here. This is my daughter, Rebecca, and she just, um, she's been doing something this evening and she just wanted to tell you about. Sure. One tell second, me, hi, please. Rebecca. How are you? I fooled my sister with Nim. Oh, that's awesome. Now, have you learned like any of the other versions of Nim, the advanced Nim and all those? Yeah. Okay. The so, advanced Nim. Oh, oh, is that what you were using on your sister? No, just the plain Nim. See, this is what I do start off with Nim and fool them. And then say, oh, man, I feel bad for messing with you. Here, I'll teach you. And then you teach them Nim. And you're like, now we're on the same playing field. No, you know, we both know Nim. Here, let's play a totally different game. And then you do the advanced Nim, which is it's the same principle, but then you're able to defeat them a second time. Yeah. And then you go into, like, calendar Nim and Nim with nothing. It's, it's crazy to me how many ways there are to, to beat people at a, at a game without any objects at all. That's cool. Did you come up with all these ideas yourself? You know, most of these are really, really old ideas that we try to put a new spin on. Uh, some of them are mathematical principles that we try to figure out a way to, to put a presentation on. Uh, very little uh, is, is new under the sun when it comes to magic. We just do our best to collect our favorite ideas and put fun presentations that are practical. Because, you know, a lot of magic is really kind of hokey where it's all like, in my travels to India, I found this magical artifact. When it's like, nobody believes you went to India. <laughs> Thank you. You got it. So what a class act. And uh, his uh, interview, we did about a half an hour with him uh, coming up after the break. And for those of you who don't know, Brian Brushwood is the host of Scam School. Scam School on Revision 3 uh, Network. And uh, every week uh, or every episode, they teach you a new scam. <laughs> yeah, ways to get uh, you know free drinks at the bar. Probably one of the best applications. <laughs> yeah, fun for adults, fun for kids. If kids want to learn a magic trick, a card trick, and whatnot. I mean, some of the episodes are not safe for work, but uh, you know, uh, as a parent, you might want to uh, watch through the episode first and see, you know, judge that it's okay for your kids, much like Greg does. And uh, Rebecca seems to be having a lot of fun with the uh, the Nim uh, <laughs> trick there. Oh yeah, her little giggle there at the end was so cute. Yeah, she's like, oh, I got to, I got to actually talk to the dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this, you know, superstar. It's kind of you know what sort of I mean. It's kind of it's kind of why I'm building this show and we're building this show, just because uh, you know famous people write books and you know as we get uh, more and more listeners, 
uh, it's kind of cool that we can at least attempt to, you know, talk to Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get Brushwood him on here. And Veronica Belmont. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I mean, these people that uh, that you, that I guess, idolize in a certain way and, and just have no connection to. And then before you know it, now you're sitting down uh, and you're both in front of microphones talking to each other and, and uh, sort of doesn't really tear the mystique away, but uh, it makes you, I guess, feel a little more famous just because you <laughs> I, just, I just enjoy having a chance to chat with these people. You know, maybe five years from now, uh, they'll be uh, fighting over each other to get on our show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right I'm now. sorry. You're going to have to talk to my agent. <laughs> uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of fun talking to Brian Brushwood, and the interview is coming up after the break. And, of course, this is the All Magic Show. <laughs> and we'll be right back after these messages. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Hi. Now that I've got your attention, I'd like to tell you about a great little podcast. Tell me about it. Stud. Well, okay. It's called Seventh Row Center, and it's hosted by me, Alex the Movie Guy. I work for Kaiser Soze. Yeah, anyway, Soze. every week I get together with Weekly Animated's David Hickson. These men are the leaders of a terrorist organization wanted for the abduction of a little monkey. Well, no, we're movie opinionists who give our thoughts about films new and old. Once again, things that could have been brought to my attention yesterday! Check out our show. It's called Seventh Row Center, and it's part of the Bear Crawling Nation. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Hey, everyone. I'm Veronica Belmont from Sword and Laser at swordandlaser.com, and you are listening to The Book Guys. Book Guys. Uh, Sir Jimmy, we had some Skype issues yesterday. You know, oh, well yes, know. yes. Uh, uh, they seem to be more and more <laughs> prevalent. Uh, but we still manage. Uh, Brian Brushwood was nice, nice enough to uh, take some time and do a late night session with us. Uh, and uh, here's the interview. And joining us today is Brian Brushwood, the sultan of scam, the tyrant of trickery, the head honcho of hustling himself. And he has his new book out called Scam School, which is the same name as his show on Revision 3. Hello, Brian. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, thank you for sticking around through all our Skype issues. <laughs> oh, no. Do not sweat it, man. It's like uh, with, between Scam School and NSFW, we have dealt with just about every kind of technical foul-up you can imagine. So I'm very patient. So, so you guys are in, a, what, a couple hundred episodes now of Scam School? Yeah, 220, I believe, this week is coming out. Wow. And when did your, yeah. book, when did your uh, new did, book come out? Where did the last half decade of my life go? <laughs> I, I love your show, by the way. It's well, actually it was Greg the book I ought that turned me on to Scam School, and uh, I, I have a whole back catalog now to go back through. Love it. You know, that's part of the reason that I made the book is because some people find the back catalog so daunting they don't even bother trying, or it's like if they if they're looking for ideas. You know, they ask me, hey, what should I try just to get started? And I'm like, well, there's 200 episodes to choose from. And they're like, yeah, that's too much. And they, they can't even get started. Whereas the book, because you're able to see the pictures and sort of peruse the material at a glance. And then if you want to go into it, you could see some of the video or you could watch the whole episode. I think it does a really good job of giving you a bird's eye view of the entire Scam School experience. Absolutely. The book is the book is really well put together. This is about the best book I've ever seen for adults as far as mixed content on on I'm I'm watching it I'm sorry watching it yeah I'm I'm absorbing it on my iPad and all the links work perfectly it's it's well it it adjusts it, this is the way this content should be consumed 
Yeah, I, I am I, so I, thrilled to hear you say that. And I love your use of the word absorbed because what does it mean to read a book nowadays when, you know, there's, there's every chapter has audio commentary. You got video elements where the pictures come alive and actually show you the moves you're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, and of course, even just reading it alone doesn't even factor in all the, all the, all the, the photos that you have as well. You could read this and you'd probably get it. But to listen to your commentary on how, how and where you learned each trick and, and the, the proper use of it and, and, and that type of thing. And then to actually have the ability to go and link and to the YouTube video, to the Revision 3 site and see the full uh, episode – it it really works well, Brian. And I'm, Greg, I'm very we've impressed about this. this we've talked about this before, where the the line between uh, books and videos and and movies and audio it's all getting blurred, and that a lot of authors uh, just don't get it. I mean, Brian gets it. He he's using the device uh, all of its capabilities. Yeah. And the, the iPad is a you know it's a movie machine. It's a it's a song machine. And he's doing it. Well, and part of it also, I think, has to do with the unique nature of trying to give instructional material for magic tricks or for, you know, and not, not that the whole book is filled with magic tricks, but when you're dealing with complex instructions, whether it be, you know, how to open a pair of handcuffs with a, with a bobby pin or uh, how to do sleight of hand with cards, you could spend three whole paragraphs explaining where to place your pinky for one move, or you could click on a picture, have it come alive, and show you from four different angles what it looks like in video real time. It really is, I, I get the sensation that this is a very unique time where everybody has something new that they can do with iPads and your Amazon Kindles and all of your e-reader devices, but so little so much of what we're seeing right now is like you read a novel and then you, you maybe in the you press play and you hear background noise that is associated with the content you're reading. And it's not it's not the same as with instructional material where you're able to give a depth of instruction that was previously never even possible outside of personal one on one teaching. Absolutely. And now, now, Brian, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves because we're just fanboys here. So <laughs> we love the, the scam school. But uh, we have a lot of authors listening at home and, and, and readers, constant readers, who might not have ever uh, watched Scam School. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Sure. We, uh, we describe it as the show about social engineering at the bar and on the street, which basically means we teach you ways to use magic and trickery to screw people out of free beers, whether it's uh, <laughs> getting the girl's phone number at the bar, whether it's uh, looking out for street crime and hustles on the street. If it's sneaky and underhanded, we want to, we want to tip you off to it first on Scam School. Brilliant. <laughs> so each episode was usually between 5 and 15 minutes. We, the idea with Scam School is I want every single episode to have some kind of takeaway where that very night, even though you only saw the episode once, even though you're three beers into it, even though you only half remember what the trick was or what the setup was or how to, to pull off the magic move, I want it to all be so dead simple that you still have a chance, even in those circumstances, of pulling it off and fooling your friends. And I get the emails of people who, who do and don't pull it off, and they're both equally entertaining. Yeah, some of your, your tricks are, are, are quite easy to get. Some of them obviously take a little bit of practice, but once you've mastered it, uh, you can definitely get a free drink at the bar. Yeah, that's part, that, 
that turned out to be a bit of a challenge when it came to writing the book because the question was how do we pick you know with with 220 episodes and you figure we have a number of episodes with with between one and three or even four tricks that we teach in them you know we're looking at a back catalog of over 300 different individual elements that we could teach in a book and obviously that's way too much for just one volume so we picked around 85 tricks for the first volume of scam school and it's tough to choose like do you want to do all beginner stuff do you want to do all card tricks do you want to do dangerous stunts to grab people's attention or unbeatable puzzles that you can use to score free drinks off of your friends and so we just sort of went with a greatest hits in every category for book one and that's presenting an interesting follow-up challenge with book two so we, we've learned a little bit about um, organizing our tricks into different uh, groups. Uh, for example, in book two, the first category is going to be uh, stunt, dangerous stunts to make you look like a badass. And these are going to be things like uh, the jack-o'-lantern trick where you take a lit match and clamp it between your teeth and light up your teeth from the inside like a jack-o'-lantern <laughs> or putting out a cigarette on your tongue. All of these things that, uh, that no matter who you are at the bar, when you do them, they sort of make a jaw drop and people instantly say, do that again. Show me some more. Right. And we have uh, the, the, the follow-up section, which will be you know, unbelievable magic tricks where it's like these are something that require a little more interaction with the people there at the bar. They have to remember a playing card or they have to pay attention long enough for you to get to the conclusion. But it's going to be much more rewarding because they're a part of it. And then finally, we have another section of, of what we call the closers, which are all the, the unbelievable challenges where uh, they are not able to pull it off. And finally, in frustration, you get them to bet a beer over it, and then you're able to pull a fast one on them. Nice. Now, now is, hey, there, is, is there a scam you can teach the Book Guys Show audience using just the power of audio? Is that even possible? Gosh, yeah. No, there certainly is. And I wish I had thought of, uh, thought of this <laughs> ahead of time. In fact, I'm going to give myself the challenge. I'm going to open up. I'm going to go to vook.com. Now, you guys have to see a lot of self-published authors. Are you guys hip to uh, vook, V-O-O-K? We are not. Uh, okay, so the, the whole reason the Scam School book exists is because the folks over at Vook put together oh, a yes. platform. They, they, they do sort of like what uh, Smashwords was doing, only with multimedia. Correct, okay. correct. Sorry, what, sorry, continue. Well, well they're, they're a cloud-based platform, and understand – I've wanted for years to put out an ebook for Scam School and to convert my other books to, to ebook format. And after months, plural months, of, of tediously trying to position pictures and text, it's uh, the, the ebook format, both EPUB and .mobi, which is what the Amazon and iPad use are just not where they need to be as far as simplicity or, or advancement. None of them, you're, you're not even able to put a background image and text over a background right. image. Yeah. One of the most fundamental things in HTML, you can't do it on any of the e-readers. You can't wrap text around words or whatever. So what it's Vook really has figured yeah. out, what Vook has figured out is a cloud-based platform for you to build your book in and then you click publish and it reformats it for all the different uh, epub.mobi for the, the Barnes and Noble store and, um, uh, and, and ships it all out. And they, they even handle the publishing side of things and they, they do sales tracking and they send you a check every quarter. That's brilliant. And see, that, that's what iBooks author should have been. I don't know if, yes. you, if you tried that in your months of trying, but well, well, uh, I, iBooks Author came out after I started using okay. the Vook platform, and by by that point, now it seems like there's more advanced stuff you could do with iBooks. But of course, but they don't whatever let you, you do on iBooks, you're not going to yeah. be able to <laughs> do over on Amazon, right? Right. So, so Vook solves that, and and it's cloud based. You're saying so you can use it. You can actually build the book online. Is that what you're saying? 
Yeah, to be honest, uh, it's interesting because uh, I'm working with a really talented kid named uh, John Tilton, who uh, all of the doodles in the books are done by John, and he's the logistics guy. I, I go into the studio and I record a bunch of these 30-second to 90-second commentaries. Uh, he's the one who lays them all out and embeds them in the book and uh, picks out the screen grabs from the from the show, and, and it's neat – because as you go through it, we could both be working on the book at the same time where I could be editing the text real time and he's seeing the changes over there. And, uh, and we don't have to worry about saving because everything's – as soon as it's changed, it's saved uh, permanently on the book site. Brilliant. Yeah. But, uh, OK, if I'm going to teach one to you guys, I, let's go ahead and do something terribly irresponsible and dangerous. Let me teach you guys the jack-o'-lantern and the effect – this is theater okay. of the mind right here. But imagine <laughs> in a darkened bar, uh, you strike a match. You open your mouth, you put the match into your teeth, you clamp your teeth down, and your teeth glow from the inside, making it look like you're a human jack-o'-lantern. Now, when you hear this, you're like, oh, you just stick it in there, and I guess it's just hot. But if you just did that, you would cook the roof of your mouth because all hydrocarbons, whether it's wood or cardboard or benzene or naphtha, uh, all hydrocarbons burn at about 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. So that it really will cook the roof of your mouth. So the trick is... How do you keep that flame lit and glowing the teeth from the inside without burning the roof of your mouth? And the answer is once that, that match goes into your mouth and you clamp it down on your teeth, you start inhaling. And this is a delicate dance. You've got to inhale fast enough to draw that heat from the roof of your mouth and instead draw it down into your lungs. You'll actually feel the warmth while you do it, but not so fast that you blow out the, the flame. <laughs> oh, you want nice. to draw it in nice and slow so you have a sustained flame that's inside your mouth, and yet you're not feeling the heat on the roof of your mouth because you're drawing all that heat into your lungs. I could see a lot of people burning their mouths trying to copy you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I make it clear. It's like, it's like uh, if you listen to the audio commentary on that one, it's, uh, it's like nothing but 90 seconds of like, seriously, you will definitely burn your mouth. I'm just warning you. Do, do you have what it takes? You're going to get burned. That's awesome. The first, the first trick in the first book says, dude, don't do this. No one should ever do this. No one should ever inhale the match, the uh, fumes from the match. Don't yeah. do this. It's well, poison. And now how to do it. <laughs> but here's how to do it anyways. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. It's like, look, uh, we live in a litigious society. And, and I figure if I make it abundantly clear that I'm not a doctor, but I can imagine no universe in which inhaling the sulfur from a match could be healthy for you. But having said that, I can tell you that I personally have done this for 17 years and have noticed no ill effects. Uh, and in fact, my wife is highly uncomfortable with how often I do it. Every time I do it at a party, she's like, ah, would you not? That can't be good. Don't do that. Don't, stop it. But uh, regardless, I figure if, as long as I treat the audience with respect and let them know that, uh, that we, you know, we're all responsible for our own health here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, this is just the first of you. I hear that you're planning a, a second and maybe a third, uh, a whole series of these books. Yeah. Well, just to cover the material that's already been on the Scam School show, we uh, like, you know, like we said, we have a catalog of over 300 tricks. And another thing that I didn't even think about was by the time we finish up book three, we'll now be into our sixth year, assuming the show's still running strong, which means that by the time we finish book three, we should already have enough content to start on a book four. But uh, I think what I'd like to do is after book three, I would really love to expand and start getting into really interesting subjects outside of my area of expertise. I think it'd be really fun to work with a locksmith 
and uh, create a whole a whole volume of uh, Scam School presents the guide to lock picking and everything from how to pick door locks to how to how to break into cars to how to uh, you know how to escape from handcuffs and so on and then maybe uh, maybe you know the Scam School guide to lying effectively or you know and of course everything we do in Scam School is very tongue in cheek we act like it's about you pulling off the lie or about you stealing the bike or whatever but of course yeah, the real effect of this is that we're trying to educate people so they don't fall victim to these things. It right. sounds like you could start your own uh, consulting group. <laughs> I like the sound yeah. of this. Although I'm I don't say it. I don't go know to how- Master Lock and say, "Hey, your locks suck. Here's here's what you could do." Maybe I'll tell you. Maybe uh, hit them up for protection money. Be like, "Hey, man, I don't want to have to go on the internet and show everyone why your locks <laughs> suck." <laughs> That's right. You're but if I was a consultant, company. maybe I could help you guys out. Now this is this right. isn't your first book. You've added quite a few. Of, uh, one of them uh, that really strikes my mind is the uh, the professional's guide to fire eating. Yeah, that's. Uh, I would say that's that's the first real book I wrote. I mean, I I collected a bunch of bar tricks from uh, you know from several different sources and just wrote them up as um, a ninety nine cent ebook called Cheats, Cons, Swindles, and Tricks: Fifty Seven Ways to Scam a Free Drink. You could read it in about thirty five minutes. Uh, it's hard for me to really feel like that's a real book at all, considering I usually give them away for free. Uh, and Pack the House is a book uh, all about event promotion, but that was very specifically targeted to people who are doing college events, uh, whereas The Professional's Guide to Fire Eating, I feel really good about. When I wanted to learn how to eat fire, my goal was I wanted the very best product out there to give me the most complete information on the subject because I didn't want to mess around. This is fire. I didn't want to burn my face off or burn my house down. And I was frustrated to discover that that resource did not exist. Instead, there were like pamphlets from the 1960s with useful advice like, hey, if you want a neat effect, fill a couple of bowls with gasoline and attach ropes to them, then swing them around your head really fast and light them on fire. That looks cool. I'm like, this is terrible. This is a terrible <laughs> idea. And uh, so what I did was I, I met with uh, fire marshals, with scientists, and uh, worked to create the most complete book on fire eating. Like everything you see in my stage show from beginning to end is in that book. Uh, the sum total of everything I know and, and some, some stuff that I found out just for the book. Everything from taking care of burns, the history of fire eating, how to build your torches, uh, fire safety things to do, how to deal with uh, authorities. It really is uh, pretty much the Bible of fire eating uh, at 172 pages. That's really what I'd consider my first real book. Brian, when you um, when you were introducing Advanced NIM in your book, that's uh, you mentioned that there's the gentleman who showed that to you is very reluctant to to rel- relinquish his secrets. Yeah. How do you how do, have you ever encountered other magicians or, or con artists? who have uh, looked at your work negatively and said that this isn't something that you should be doing. You shouldn't be offering this to the public, especially at, uh, you know, I mean, a lot of them would probably look at a podcast as free. Sure. You know, Uh, some of them would say that that should come at a cost. uh, I would say uh, two things. First of all, what you describe is in every way what I was absolutely terrified about when we first launched Scam School back in uh, April of 2008. And keep in mind, it was a very different world in 2008. Like when, when I pitched Scam School back in 2007, there, YouTube was a baby. And the idea, we're very comfortable now with the idea that you can't stop the signal, that, that information wants to be free and there's no way to stop it. 
And magicians went through a big transformation over the last five years because it used to be just a, just a decade before uh, magicians banded together and sued Fox over the Magician's Secrets Revealed show. So I was terrified of being branded the, uh, the next masked magician. And ultimately I was like, well, all I could do is do my best to represent magic well and do my best to make good magicians. And personally, I always had the theory that the reason people hated the Masked Magician shows or magicians did was, beca- was not because of the actual secrets that they revealed. Because between you and me, they intentionally revealed bogus methods for most of the tricks that they showed on that series. I think the reasons magicians hated it was because the entire attitude of the show was denigrating to magic. It was like, well, you may be fooled, but it's just a trick and you're stupid and an idiot if you fall for this. That kind of thing. Whereas uh, I think there's a big difference between exposure – which is something that trashes the art and reveals the secret for curiosity's sake versus teaching. Teaching is the job is to make more magicians or as I describe it, give people just a little bit of the drug for free. Because if you guys love magic uh, one tenth as much as I do, then magic will become the number one most popular form of entertainment in the world. And that's good for magic. That's good for magicians. Now, that was my theory going into it. I had no idea if that would be the case or not. Three years into it, though, uh, one person went nuts on some forum saying, teaching is just exposure on steroids. This is terrible. This is terrible. And much to my absolute joy, all of my heroes in magic, people who I grew up uh, never thinking they would ever know my name, uh, these people stood up and said, no, what? this is wonderful. This is, you know, my niece is crazy about this stuff. This is uh, – it, it – it, it was one of the most worrisome aspects of launching Scam School, and to see all of my heroes rally behind the show has been one of the most satisfying experiences of my life. As we saw with uh, Greg and Rebecca. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man, it's, it's really neat because I've, I've been touring live since uh, May of 99, and uh, you have some really great experiences and you connect with a lot of people. But the next day, it's a half-remembered dream. And three weeks later, it's like it never happened. Whereas on the internet, and, and I'm going to see that, I hope, even longer term with the Scam School book. But on the internet, you could have a moment of, of creative inspiration and magic that will live forever and go on to be seen by hundreds of thousands of people. And I think that's one of my favorite things are to get these random emails from people who – like I – said something offhandedly during a shoot uh, three years ago and someone half a world away in Bulgaria picked up on it and it meant something to him. And now he's writing me a letter about how popular he is in, uh, in junior high thanks to, thanks to that moment of creativity. Like that to me is the real magic. And I'm sure you guys experience that with, uh, with your live streams as well. Absolutely. We're, we're big in Saudi Arabia. We're Are you really? Saudi That's Arabia. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know it'd be great to see uh, you do a trick with a book. Maybe, maybe uh, Sir Jimmy, could you send him some free, uh, some hollow books? Oh yeah, my what gosh. if he can? What if he can make use of that in uh, in his one of his bits? That would be. Are neat. you kidding me? Yeah, no. There's there's a number of things that would be incredibly useful. I, in fact, what's funny is that I wanted to start saying all the tricks I could do with it, but then I realized I would be exposing them in order to even <laughs> describe the tricks. <laughs> all right, I tell you what, I've got a I've got a video on YouTube. It's called How to Pull Off Your F- Finger. And okay. It's been, it's, it's been up there since 2007. 
And I want you to take a look at it and tell me what you think about the technique because it's it's had half a million views. <laughs> it's by cow. far my uh, heaviest viewed YouTube video, but I'll send that to you. You can look at it. Uh, if you give me some uh, functional criticism about my technique, then I will <laughs> we'll put certainly it in the show. Send, <laughs> this is uh, what BBQ Tube is that you? That's it. Yeah. All right. I'm looking at it right now. Here, I'm going to keep the audio down. We'll put it. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. We'll put it in the site. Yeah. See, look at this. Yes, this one's a classic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> love it. And I love, I love the fact that there's no audio. It's just sort of ominous. Oh yeah, that that was me sitting out in the uh, the hollow book bunker where I carve out all the books. Just I was out there. It was like two in the morning one night, and uh, you know the kid next door was, was getting me to show him how to do that. And I said I'd just put that on YouTube because that would be so cool. I'll so tell you, then, it. uh, it's videos like this are actually the inspiration for why I put together Scam School because I noticed that the demand for people learning bar tricks and magic tricks specifically was incredibly high. You know, even a video that's extremely simple, extremely short like this could get a half million views. Uh, and yet, and yet, you know, there's no speaking during it. You don't see anyone's face and it's, it's done uh, alone in front of a camera. And so the idea was, was maybe there's a market for physically going to the bars because the one the one criticism that that i had of all these is that you don't know if they're real you don't that might fool me at home for a camera but you don't know if that's practical in real life so that's why that's why it was important to me to shoot scam school at the bars using really real people yeah it it, it comes through because yeah exactly because you're always shooting in in the bar with the people and yeah it makes it more real yeah you get everybody's reaction to it and uh you know I've and enjoyed it. I'm going to sit down with my boy, and he wants to go through and start watching these videos now. But I said, let's just finish your end-of-grade testing first. <laughs> you know, that's the funny thing. Uh, you know, I, I make everything about winning beers at the bar, and everything is very targeted to the over-21 crowd. Uh, but it's obvious from the emails that I'm getting that there are a lot of kids who are watching it with their parents, which is part of the reason that it was important to me to bleep out all the curse words because when we first launched – Revision 3's position was, uh, was well, why bleep? They're all adults. It's about bars and stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's also magic, which means you're going to get a lot of people who want to watch with their kids. And personally, I don't mind bleeping at all because it's the best of both worlds. Everyone knows what you said, and yet you didn't have to be on record saying it. I'm seeing um, a sequel here. Hi, kids. It's Uncle Brian, Scam School for Kids. <laughs> you want to? How would you like two chocolate milks for lunch today? <laughs> right. Tell you what, man. Don't think if if Cartoon Network called me tomorrow saying, "How'd you like to do Scam School for Kids?" It's like all of a sudden I would be Uncle Brian in no time. <laughs> well, I appreciate that I was able to show the sh- the episodes to Rebecca, and she was able to, you know, say for instance, do Nim and the Magician Killer card trick, you know, within a day. And, and I was able to show her, and she, that's why she was excited to, to talk to you this evening. So yeah, I mean, it's, get, it's getting people excited in magic, seeing these, these videos. Even young. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and I think that's part of why it was so important for me to make the book is because a lot of people, you know, it's because all the content is very evergreen, a lot of people will see one episode, and then they'll, they will start going back from the beginning. But, uh, but I would, again, it's the, the idea that you could have not only the fantastic experience of reading it on an iPad, but but more importantly, 
now that you could download it to your smartphone, either your Android or iPhone device, now when you're actually at the bar and you're freezing up because you're like, oh, I should do something. What do I know? What do I know? And it's like you're not going to go look at individual individual episodes, but to have this resource where you could just thumb through, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. give me three quarters. This will be good. I'm a big yeah, fan have- of getting a salt shaker tilted on its side. <laughs> yes. I don't think I have that one in there yet. That one needs to be in the book for sure. These are all brilliant tricks, uh, brilliant videos, and they're all collected in uh, in Scam School. And uh, Brian, can you tell us uh, exactly where people can go to find your books and your podcasts? Yeah, best idea is to go to scamschoolbook.com. That's S-C-A-M-S-C-H-O-O-L book.com. And uh, that'll take you to a page where uh, I get a number of international listeners who want to buy the book, but iTunes doesn't have it available. So we, we have all the different versions, .mobi, .epub, uh, available totally DRM-free uh, in, in a cheaper super mega pack available there for you. God, and, God uh, bless you for the DRM-free. What's, oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, you can't fight it, man. It's like, what does it matter? All you do is you punish the people who are doing stuff legitimately, and there's no – in fact, uh, to be honest, uh, when I first put up The Professional's Guide to Fire Eating – I didn't I, – it was before anyone was doing anything DRM-free, but I was so lazy. I'm like, I don't want to – it's not going to – I'm not going to be able to stop them. So instead, I just put a giant lie at the beginning of the fire-eating book. It was just a, a regular PDF, but it was a giant lie saying that each copy had a unique serial number, unique <laughs> to the purchaser. So if you forward it around, we will know it's you doing it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, like that's as close as I'm going to get to DRM. <laughs> I like it. Un- un- unintrusive DRM. <laughs> yeah. Social engineering DRM. You're even scamming people in your DRM disclaimer. That's right. <laughs> well, I'll tell it. you, man, I love the fact that everything I do can be a lie and it's okay because it's scam school. For example, you realize that uh, we, we tried an experiment since we were releasing on, uh, I think it was Pi Day, 314. We told everyone to buy the book at the exact same time on the exact same day. The idea being that because iTunes is updated hourly, maybe we could for one hilarious, beautiful minute, scam our way to being the number one most popular on iTunes or most popular on Amazon. Right. And we, we broke into the top 50 out of all books on Amazon. And we hit number three on iTunes. But you know what we lost to? I'm sure you guys can guess. Oh, well, hang on. Who, who would have Shades been? Shades of Grey. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Shades <laughs> of Grey released that same week. And nobody had heard of it. Nobody knew what it was. We, we were able to defeat the third of the Fifty Shades of Grey, but we still we only made it to number three. So now that I've gotten that close, that I've had a taste of almost number one success, like I'm bringing the thunder on June 19th is when we're dropping book two. And I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is uh, book one on June 19th, I'll drop to 99 cents. The idea being if you've been sitting on the sidelines – for 11 bucks, you could get 170 tricks, two full books on there. I'm hoping to make it a tremendous value so people call, will jump on and help me scam my way to the number one on iTunes. Well, I'm, I'm definitely in on June 19th. Um, I don't know. Am I allowed to buy the same book again on iTunes? Does that work? You might have to make another account, but that's – but, you know, <laughs> you're only giving me 60 cents. I'll buy it on Amazon if I can. We'll do, do that. There but, you go. Yeah, if you bought it on one, buy it on the other. Absolutely. Was it June 19th or 17th? 19th, June 19th. June 19th. Love it. Uh, Scam School, love it, Brian. Um, I hope you'll come back to the show again sometime. Maybe. Absolutely. I got book two to promote. We got we to gotta scam our way to number one here. That's right. So let, let's do that. We'll get together before June uh, 19th and uh, we'll have a, do a whole sh- episode with you. 
Sounds great. What a great interview. Man, what a great guy. He is just class act. the tops. <laughs> and folks, uh, June 19th, his new book, Scam School 2, comes out. And uh, he'll be on the show on June 17th. And we're all going to plan to buy his book on the 19th, see if he can scam his way to the top of Amazon and iTunes. Yeah, I love that idea. Now, you, you forgot to ask him a question yesterday, didn't you? <laughs> oh, man, I totally did. Uh, there's, There was just no... No spot where I felt like I could throw it in there, but you know, I, I should have just went, hey, everybody, wait a minute, listen, I want to ask you something. And uh, he's talking about all these different scams at the bar, and I wanted to see if he ever tried the one where you uh, make a bet with the bartender that you can take a leak into like a beer bottle from like 15 feet away and tell him, I'm, you're not going to spill a single solitary drop, bet you $100. And the, you get the guy, he takes the bet. But meanwhile, in the background, you make a five hundred dollar bet with another guy that you can, you can, you know, whiz all over this guy's bar. You can whiz all over the floor, the chairs. You can probably even whiz on the bartender, and he's just going to be tickled to death because he just made a hundred bucks. And then you go back to the other guy and you collect five hundred. I thought that that's a terrific scam. Of course, I I saw that in a movie somewhere. I think it was uh, Desperado. I think it was Desperado with uh, what's his name Johnny Depp, it's Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> Tarantino movie. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. He's got to have some sort of uh, you know play on that, you know. <laughs> and with that, we're going to go straight into book news. <sighs> book right. news is going to save us. <laughs> book news is going to save us all. <laughs> Uh, Kobo is joining uh, the ranks. Is this magical news? <laughs> magical book news? <laughs> you, know, you know what? It does have to be magical. And you, you know what? Make no, it magical. <laughs> I, check this out. Kobo is to join the ranks of physical and online booksellers licensed by Pottermore to sell Harry Potter oh, ebooks. Bringing it back around. Bringing it back around, buddy. The Canadian based global retailer of ebooks and e readers announced on the 17th of May that all seven of J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter books are now on sale to the Kobo customers through Pottermore Store. Uh, which can be accessed through kobobooks.com slash Harry Potter. So I think what she's doing is, uh, because she wants a DRM free, good for her, awesome, yes, totally on I board. Applaud, I applaud that. I, I, I bow down to J.K. Rowling for doing this, for sticking it out and making all her stuff uh, DRM free. Uh, I poke fun at Pottermore, as well I should. I think that's why she fired her agent, because of Pottermore. <laughs> yeah, well, that was that's botched, but we're we're going to continue. We're going to... Mess around with so, a little so, bit more and see if we just haven't <laughs> unlocked the magic Unlocked the magic. Who knows? Hey, uh, Nobot might come back next week and say it's awesome. He had a great time. So far, he's not too enthused. He says nothing so, magical. So uh, have you checked out the Kobo interface? Uh, I have not, but uh, uh, I haven't completed the entire process through the Kobo app. But it does take you out uh, through the website Kobo. Uh, it takes you out of their store and brings you to Pottermore. Oh, it does. So you complete the transaction on Pottermore because otherwise you'd be stuck with Kobo DRM. Uh, same thing through Nook. Now, uh, Nook is uh, it used to be a Canadian uh, retailer as well, uh, much like Kobo, but uh, it was bought by a Japanese Rakuten recently. Uh, they're, they're owned by Rakuten, which owns Buy.com. And uh, here's the interesting news about uh, Nook. Not only are they also selling the Harry Potter books, uh, they've also recently purchased Pinterest which is the number three social network in the world. Oh, my, my wife's ears just perked up downstairs. I heard <laughs> That's it. That's right. Because uh, you, got, you got Facebook, number one, Twitter, number two, Pinterest is number three as far as social media. Now, uh, Rakuten, 
buying Pinterest is huge because uh, Pinterest is uh, more of a visual thing. You know what it's about. It's a uh, you collect pictures and little uh, picture books, and people share their picture books. Now, books are very uh, visual as far as the covers, right? So if, if Rakuten now uh, with the Nook uh, product. And or on Pinterest, so if somebody pins a book, you could you can click and click through their their pins and buy something. Well, there was a big controversy because Pinterest. What they were doing before was uh, using a service, and I'm uh, forgetting it's Skimlinks. Skimlinks. They were using a service called Skimlinks. So if you posted a Pinterest that gave you a, a commission, so if you were on a uh, an affiliate commission. So if you were posting a, a Think Geek item of the week, let's say from uh, bookguys.ca, they would replace our Think Geek item of the week link with their own. So they would scam the Ooh. commission themselves. And I think they've, they've since discontinued that, but I wouldn't put it past them to do that. So yeah, pe- when it comes down to just making money, but I could see that kind of uh, conflicting with what made Pinterest successful. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who are driven... Uh, People who are into social media who are driven to, you know, post uh, items and whatnot because they were getting a one percent. You know, a lot of people do this online. You know, they they they'll, they'll pimp a certain product. Excuse the the phraseology, but they will pimp a certain project, uh, a product or a project, uh, in order to get their one percent commission. And then Pinterest might just take that away and say, well, here's a link to uh, Conrad Black's new book, and uh, you can buy it on Buy.com or Nook. And I think it becomes less of a platform when uh, the platform sends people certain directions. Yes. You know what I'm saying? If Twitter was – if I was to post a link on uh, on uh, Twitter to the Book Guy site and Twitter instead sent people to the uh, Twitter's own book show, that's kind of weak. <laughs> it definitely is. It's going to discourage people from – From using know, the platform. Utilizing that service yeah, quickly. Absolutely. No, moving on. Or even to, if you're just posting something out of just out of pure love of that, and then you know yeah. you you go on there and and then you, know, Pinterest, you post yeah. a book about Orson Scott Card and uh, you know one of his books, you got like a picture of, it, and then boom, all of a sudden, yeah, it sends you over to a Stephen King book. Hey, you like this kind of book? Maybe maybe you like this kind of book. Well, you, you know, know what? It's kind of cool. You know, if if you were to post out of the your love of your heart, uh, you know that you really love Orson Scott Card, like I do. I uh, love his books anyways, not him. Ooh, hey. <laughs> hey. But uh, if I was to post like, hey, check out uh, Ender's Game and Pinterest was to add a link to the buy.com, that's fine. But if I post a link to my website where I'm selling Ender's Game and they replace my link, I'm not using the service anymore. I'm out. That's yeah. one, one thing Facebook does not do. Facebook allows you to uh, promote your own products and whatnot. So if you're a cake maker... You can uh, put links to your cake shop, and Facebook doesn't replace your link to your cake shop with something else. But we're well, be- there. Facebook is down eleven percent <laughs> today, so I know pretty soon they're probably going to go down the same road. They're going to go to fifteen bucks uh, or less. They should be about five bucks because they, they were they started at forty dollars, and that's a uh, hundred times what they make in a year is their valuation. So really, they should start at four bucks. Yeah, they need to get down <laughs> to about what eighteen. They start of actually earnings. forty cents would be their. Uh, if you value them what they make in a year, they're, they're forty cents. So ten times their valuation should four bucks is what they should be at really right now. So don't mm-hmm. buy now; buy when they're at four bucks. Uh, but before we become this week in tech, <laughs> <laughs> I know last week we almost became uh, the Alex the Movie Guy's show, Seventh Row Center. So we'll move on. I got one more story, and that is Conrad Black. 
Uh, he's a douchebag from Canada who, who scammed a lot of people out of money. Uh, he served 42 month prison sentence in Florida. And uh, his book, A Matter of Principle, coming out from uh, McClellan and Stewart, uh, his memoir that covers his recent legal troubles and incarceration, is uh, coming out soon. Coming out soon. That's about it, buddy. That's all we got. That's the end. That's the end. Great show. Lots of fun with Brian Brushwood. Got more Look forward to having him back on. It's, uh, Coming back now, on. Now soon. that we know what he's all about, we're going to come at him from a few different angles. That's right. We're going to have him every week on. He's going to be in high rotation, as uh, Leo would say. <laughs> we're going to have Adam on soon too. He's promised. He's coming on soon. Adam Curry. Adam Curry, come on. We got to go. Answer the phone. Say bye, everybody. Mr. Curry, <laughs> answer the door. <laughs> See you next week, folks. Stay tuned, book readers and book listeners. Paul the Book Guy will be back next week. Same book time, same book channel.